welcome to the Head to Heal podcast, where you'll go head over heels learning about how the body and the brain work together to either feed disease or fight it. I'm your host, Jordana Sade, certified holistic nutritionist and founder of The Mindful Clinic. With a background in nutrition, behavioral neuropsychology, and hypnosis, I'm going to walk you through the root cause of your symptoms and disordered behaviors. The body has an innate ability to heal. No one is destined for illness, and most, if not all, disorders can be reversed. Come with me as we develop a new understanding of how you can use your head to heal and truly thrive. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Head to Heal podcast. I'm your host, Jordana Sade, certified holistic nutritionist, hypnotherapist, and founder of The Mindful Clinic. I am so excited to be here today. Today, we are going to be talking about four things that I did that completely changed my relationship to food. I figured you guys would want to know from behind the scenes. (laughs) I talked to so many of you guys in my DMs and on Instagram, and it's just like, yeah, okay, I can spew out all the scientific information, but I want you to know like what actually changed my relationship to food. So when I really went balls deep and I decided to actually change my relationship to food and really do it right. I was in school starting to learn about behavioral psychology and it was a process for me. I didn't have any real guidance. Like I spent over 50 K Canadian on a U.S. coach who to help me stop binge eating. And she did not help me at all. It's nothing to do with her. And I'm not going to put any names in here, of course, but it just, it wasn't the right fit and it wasn't the right program. And also it, this is one of the reasons why I'm so against intuitive eating. That will be another podcast because intuitive eating is actually bullshit and you cannot intuitively eat until you teach somebody how to be intuitive. And so anyways, long story short, I tried everything and I didn't even have $30,000. Like I was like a poor student. I had to take out a loan, but anyways, Long story short, it wasn't until I went to school and actually learned about the nervous system where I was like, oh, this kind of makes sense. And okay, like if other people, I'm human and that other person is also human. And if they can have a healthy relationship to food, why can't I? Why is it that when I eat, I have to continually go through these yo-yo binge and restrict cycles and I can't eat this and I can't eat that. But like I look at the next person and they can eat whatever they want and they can like exercise moderately and be really thin. And that just didn't make any sense to me, especially because I know so much about genetics and how there is no specific gene that's going to make someone more overweight versus not. And the genes that can affect your weight need to be turned on through epigenetics. So it's like, okay, well, if I give myself the right environment, why can't I experience that too? And I'm telling you all this because I want you to know that, well, I did. And now I've helped over 500 women do the same. And like, so can you, you know, because we're all just fucking human. So here are the four things. These are four of many, but these are important. These four things that completely changed my relationship to food. The first one is I just stopped thinking about it. The way that the brain works is like where your attention goes, energy flows. So whatever you put your attention on, the brain is going to like, create energy and like create processes and create nervous system programs that relate to that thing. So the more you're thinking about what you're eating, what you're not eating, if you're eating enough, if you're eating too little, if you're on the new diet, if this is going to make you gain weight or lose weight, the more that you're thinking about food like that, the more it's going to be difficult for you to lose weight because the body gets confused. You're telling the body a million different things, right? Somebody who has never had an issue with weight or never had an issue with eating does not fucking think about food like that. Like they don't think about it at all, right? So if you want to get in the energy of healing your relationship to food, you're going to have to teach the brain how to stop thinking about it. And it's really hard to do because if it has consumed your thoughts for years, like I meet women in their seventies. 
I have a client right now who's almost 80, you know? And so it's like, okay, if you've been doing this for 80 years, like your brain has developed these really, really deep programs. How do we then teach the brain to not do that, to not reinforce those programs, to literally fucking drop that thought because it's not important. It's not serving you. The reality is like the thoughts that you have always thought have gotten to you where you've got. And so if you want to change where you've got, you're going to have to change your thoughts, of course, like of course, right? And so you aren't going to be able to get away with thinking the same things and reinforcing the same programs in your brain and losing weight and keeping it off. It just won't work. You have to completely, you have to create a new identity. And by doing that, you have to change your thought processes. And to change your thought processes, you have to become aware of them, right? So anyways, I don't want to overcomplicate this one because it really just is, I stopped thinking about food. And there are many different ways that we do this in my programs. Like we use thought prioritizing. We use a model by Gay Hendricks. Like there's so many different ways that you can do this. But ultimately at the end of the day, the more you overcomplicate something that should be coming automatically. Like remember the desire to eat is an automatic process. It's part of the autonomic nervous system. The same part of the body that deals with like telling you that you have to go and take a shit. Okay. We don't overcomplicate taking a shit. Did I pee too much? Did I not pee enough? Oh no. If I only pee this little bit amount, then I'll have the rest of it and I'll keep it. No, we don't think like that. Right. And this because we haven't ruined going to the bathroom yet. Stay tuned for like something to come up. But anyways, the more that we over intellectualize something that should be coming so automatically, the more it's going to fuck up our bodies, right? Because these things should not have our attention so much. Our attention as humans should be actually focused on like our goals and our dreams, right? And so when we start to turn that attention to a process that should be happening automatically in the autonomic nervous system, that process no longer becomes automatic and it relies on your thought processes. And if your thought processes aren't sound, good luck. So that's that one. This is also what we call in my program to think your way thin, TM, copyrighted. But yeah, when I write my book, Think Your Way Thin, it's going to be all about how we can actually teach the brain to think like somebody who's never had an an issue with their weight. And that is really the only thing that is going to keep the weight off long-term. Like we can do all the detoxes, juice cleanses, whatever the fuck you want, but unless you change your brain, you're not gonna change your body. So there we go. The second thing that completely changed my relationship to food is I focused on regulating my brain. So I really had to teach my brain how to get out of the fight or flight. I'm actually currently reading Joe Dispenza's book, Becoming Supernatural. I've had it on my to-do list for so long because I love Dr. Joe Dispenza. I love his work and I just haven't read the book. But we learn about how literally stress is the root of all disease. And stress can come in so many different forms. But at the end of the day, it's, it's the same chemicals that are released in the body, right? And the thing is, like, stress is self-inflicted. You know, like two people can go through the same experience and one person will like internalize it and intellectualize it and make it stressful. And the other person will be like, well, just another day, you know, because things that are outside of our control that cause a moment of stress, like, okay, you know, somebody cuts us off on the highway, right? That's a moment of stress. But the thing about humans is that we have these big, beautiful brains, right? And we are so intelligent. Like we are the only species to our knowledge that doesn't just like deal with the stress in the moment, but we can actually catastrophize about future stress and we can ruminate about past stresses, right? So we can literally put ourselves into a stressful state by thought alone. We are the only species that can do that. It's 
kind of crazy when you think about it, right? So we are unintentionally releasing a cascade of stress hormones into the bloodstream like all the time with thought alone, just by your thoughts. And so I have yet to meet somebody who has an unhealthy relationship to food and doesn't have a disaster in the nervous system from like a dysregulated place. Every single one of my clients, it has like legit OCD tendencies are extremely, extremely stressed, have very high anxiety. Because remember, when we eat food, it tells the brain we're safe. Subconsciously, this isn't like, oh, I'm eating, so I'm safe. It's like when we're chewing, when we're physically chewing, we're sending messages up to the brain to say, hey, we're gonna live another day and therefore we're safe. So if you live a stressful life, if you're constantly catastrophizing, if you're looking in the mirror and you're like, oh, I hate what I see, nobody's gonna like me, I'm never gonna get that job, like you're creating a cascade of stressful situations in your own body that like you have not taught yourself how to regulate without other than reaching for a substance outside of you, whether it's a cigarette or food, or I don't know, like alcohol or whatever it is, right? Even if it's just like work, like pouring yourself into work to distract yourself from like the disaster of dysregulation that your mind is. And like, I'm talking to you, but I'm also talking to past version of me because nobody fucking taught me how to regulate, nobody. I grew up in a household with very dysregulated people that had their own shit. Every single one of my siblings has their own fucking shit that they have to deal with. And especially my parents, like neither of them know how to emotionally regulate. Nobody taught me that. And so what I did as a perfect, innocent child who whose brain was literally just trying to like get by is I found a coping mechanism. And so when we have the desire to eat, it usually is just dysregulation. That craving is not even related to real hunger. If you eat at any point in the past, it's not hunger. It's your brain being like, help me. I want to feel better. I want to feel safe just temporarily. Give me that instant gratification. Like that's what the craving is. The, the trigger that will get you to move and go and gain access to food so that you can feel temporarily better. So if you don't teach your brain how to regulate properly without using an outside substance, you are going to go from one addiction to the next. You are not going to be able to calm down the nervous system without using an external stimuli or external substances. So the second thing that I did was I really taught my brain how to regulate. So from a food perspective, most people who have a dysregulated relationship to food are constantly thinking about it, right? This goes back to the first one. They're thinking about what to eat. When do they eat? Did they eat too much? Are they in a phase of overeating or restricting foods? Are there foods that they want, but they know they can't have, or, you know, they're going out for dinner and they're like, oh, I shouldn't have that, but they do it anyways. And then they feel like shit. It's like this huge catastrophe of worst case scenarios that you're putting your poor brain through, right? oh no, I ate too much. And then you remember how overeating in the past has led to weight gain, which led to somebody commenting on your weight or none of your clothes fitting, which made you feel ashamed about yourself. And then you feel like you shouldn't have eaten in the first place, right? And so when in these states of stress, I can tell you right now that you are not burning any fat. (laughs) The body goes immediately into store mode because it feels like it's in danger. From the single thought of, did I eat too much? Oh no, I ate too much. It's like you have that one single thought, but the brain does all of these processes, remembering the emotions and the the first time that you encoded that emotion. And this is happening completely subconsciously. The brain hates feeling dysregulated. It hates it. And it's going to seek comfort all the time. 
And it's going to do this by bypassing the prefrontal cortex. So the prefrontal cortex is this like beautiful part in our brain. It's right at the front of our brain. And it's what makes us human. It's where all of our higher order functioning happens. It's where our impulse control happens, right? When we feel dysregulated, it's like, hey, we're in danger. Even if it's just, oh no, did I eat too much? Like it's the same fucking chemicals that are released. So it's like, hey, we're in danger. So the subconscious mind is going to take over. It's going to shut down the prefrontal cortex. It's like we're in go mode. We're in animal mode. And it's going to seek comfort. And it's going to do that by bypassing the prefrontal cortex, meaning you have no impulse control, right? And so when we are bypassing the prefrontal cortex, we're going to end up eating again, which is then going to lead to more guilt and shameful thoughts. And here we go, right? You guys get the point. Hi, babes. I am literally so excited to talk to you about the launch of my new program, The Mindful Method. This is the exact same method that I have been using for half a decade with my private clients on helping them to heal their relationship to food, to increase confidence, and to lose weight without dieting. If you are sick of not feeling like your best self, if you're sick of promising yourself that on Monday you're going to get your shit together and start again, and if you keep going on restrictive diets and you continue to regain the weight back, let me tell you something, honey. It did not work. Diets have a 98% fail rate. And you already know what's healthy and what's not healthy. You just continue to choose the unhealthy option and continue to sabotage your success. A meal plan is not going to solve this issue. Stop addressing the body with restrictive diets and crazy exercise programs and start transforming the brain so your behaviors can match your desired goals. If you are ready to stop overeating, if you are ready to feel comfortable in your skin, if you're ready to look in the mirror and love what you see, and if you're ready to lose the weight for good, I invite you to fill out the application in my bio. And if you're a good fit, we'll be in touch soon. I am so excited for you. Back to regular programming. But on top of just like not thinking about food so much, I had to learn to regulate my nervous system by like not putting myself through unnecessary fucking drama, (laughs) like legit, which is really important if you don't want your brain to continually be trying to calm itself down. Because guess what the opposite of your fight and flight is? It's rest and digest. Like I said, when we are chewing, we are physically putting our body into rest mode temporarily because it doesn't solve a problem. Eating doesn't really solve the problem of why you don't like yourself. Eating really doesn't solve the problem of like why you're bored with your life and bored with work. You know, it just temporarily makes you feel a moment of pleasure, but then you're chasing the high. You go from one moment of pleasure to the next that are all coming from outside of you. So you never actually feel like you enjoy your life, you know? And so there are so many ways that we can learn to regulate the nervous system, but I actually had to do exercises that would literally change my epigenetics, like change my physical environment. This meant letting go of friends that were no fucking good for me. I have very few close friends now and that's okay. You know, and some of those things were my fault and some of those things were their fault. And sometimes it doesn't even fucking matter, but like I am not surrounding myself with anybody who doesn't make me feel like the highest version of myself. I spend a lot of time with my clients sharing my energy, sharing my vibration with my clients to help bring them up to my level. And I cannot do that if I have other people in my life sucking my energy out. And so I'm very, very intentional with who I spend my time with. So that's the first thing. 
Also just like changing my environment, changing the way that I talk to myself, like literally learning to meet myself with compassion so that it's not a catastrophe. It's not like, oh no, I ate too much. It's like, oh wow, that was delicious. And my body's a fat burning machine. And like, I love my life. But you need to do the inner work, of course. Like I can't fix you over a podcast. I can't fix you at all. Only you can help yourself, but I can facilitate. But you know, when I guide my clients through these experiences, like we're doing the fucking inner work. We're doing the inner child work. We're rewiring the subconscious brain. We're working with the core wounds and the soul wounds. And if you're overweight, I'm not talking about five or 10 pounds. I'm talking about like 20 plus pounds. If you're overweight and you think that you're going to lose that weight without doing the inner work, you're not. You might temporarily, but you will gain it back because until you change your brain, nothing changes, okay? The third thing that I did that changed my relationship to food is I practiced what I call taking your motherfucking power back, legit. So I used to feel so out of control and powerless with certain foods. Like literally it would be like, okay, all day long I would eat really, really well. And then all of a sudden I'd be like, let's go get donuts. And like, I'm not having one, I'm having 12. And I'm not even joking. This would happen frequently, at least every weekend. And so when I would eat, I would have one bite and then I would just like keep eating and eating and eating and eating and be like, I know I should stop, but I just can't. And here we go. And then I'll start again on Monday, et cetera. Right. And if these foods were kept in the house, it would be like, well, I may as well just finish it. And then we won't buy another one. But of course you go and you buy another one. Right. And so they would be in the kitchen. I'd be doing work. And every now and then I just get up and I'd go to the kitchen and then I would do more work. And then I get up and go to the kitchen and do more work. And so it's like this constant, that's the break. I'm constantly going up to get more food, even when I'm not hungry. But the reality is your brain is a big muscle, okay? No one is holding a gun to your head and telling you to fucking finish that food. Nobody's holding a gun to your head and telling you to have another bite. Nobody else is in control here but you, okay? So when you're eating the donut and you're like, oh, I want to stop, but I just can't, like, yes, you can. You can. You won't be able to. If you view it from a scarcity mindset, if it's like, I have to stop, I have to stop because then it feels restrictive. We're going to shut down the prefrontal cortex. There's no impulse control. You're going to go into subconscious mode, but we can, if we approach it like an exercise, if it's like, what would happen if we meet it with curiosity, what would happen if I just put down my fork? How, How would that feel? I can tell you right now, it's going to be exciting and empowering once you do it, but There might be a moment of anxiety. And if you just like sit in that discomfort for a little bit, it's like, wow, I can just sit here in this discomfort just for a little bit. You're going to move through it. And when you move through it, it's going to be like it was never there at all. You know, and then you've now taught your brain something new. And so when I was practicing this, like when I was really healing my relationship to food, I was doing it living at my mom's where all of the food lives. And I would literally open up the cupboards and be like, no, and then close them. And I would like open up the fridge and be like, no, thank you. And then close them. I have a client who she was working from home and she would like do a circle, she calls it. So she would like go and then in the kitchen, like grab something and then go back to work and then go in the kitchen and grab something. And I'm like, I know that all too well. And so what I had her do for the first part is I had her literally walk into her kitchen and say, no, thank you. And then get leave, walk into her kitchen and say, no, thank you. And leave because If you wanna play piano, you have to sit at the fucking piano and play, okay? So if you wanna heal your relationship to food, if you wanna eat less, if you wanna stop overindulging, you have to practice that. Your brain is a muscle. If you never put down the fork, you're never gonna be able to put down the fork, you know? And so like, it's very simple. And I really strongly suggest that you try doing this when emotions aren't high, okay? When you're already like 
oh no, I feel like shit about myself and I've eaten a whole box of donuts. Like that might not be the best time to practice. But when you're feeling pretty neutral about food, it's a really good opportunity for you to practice. And then the more that you practice it, the easier it's going to get. And then you'll be able to tackle the harder situations. So that was the third thing I practiced because my brain's a muscle and I'm in fucking control of it. And so take your fucking power back. Like that little Snickers bar does not have power over you. (laughs) Like, let's be real. Okay. So like you actually get to practice with these things. You get to practice being moderate. Okay. And the fourth thing was I stopped listening to other people and I started listening to myself. I started learning to trust myself really. Cause here's the thing. Only you and your body know what you need. I used to go out for dinner and I would secretly copy the way that my friends would eat because I wouldn't want anyone to think that I was overeating and I wanted to like match what everybody else was doing. I would always follow the newest fad diet. I would read endless research papers and endless books and like on how to burn fat better and like what this supplement's going to do and that supplement's going to do. And like, I'm great. I have so much knowledge now, but like that didn't change anything really in the long run. Right. And actually my eating disorder got a lot worse once I became a nutritionist, which I'm sure if you have been following me for a while, you know, but in reality, like nobody can tell you what to eat. You're not a fucking robot. You're not programmed in every day. You can't have the same thing every day and expect it to satisfy you. You are a different version of yourself every minute, every second, every day, especially every month, especially for women at the times of the month, like things are just different. You can't follow a one size fits all approach and you can't even follow a bio-individualistic approach that like works for you based on your specific basal metabolic rate because you're not going to need the same amount of calories every single day. You are going to need variety. There's fluidity. Like, you are not a robot. And so trusting somebody else's plan is not ever going to give your body what it needs. And if you haven't developed trust within your body yet, that's okay. Like it took me a really long time to get here and I am still learning. Like I am not perfect. This is a practice. You can't master something that is a practice. Okay. This is something that you actually have to practice every day and creating those boundaries for yourself and really listening to yourself and like seeing what feels good and choosing the harder option, you know, learning to just do the thing that's going to feel better afterwards rather than before. Like that is huge. That's going to build self-efficacy. That's going to build self-trust, right? And so it is hella triggering, or at least it was anyways, when I would hear people around me in like office talk or whatever being like, oh, I'm starting this new diet and I've lost 20 pounds and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, of course it's hard not to conform, especially now with everybody being like, oh my God, I did Ozempic and like now I'm a size two. And I'm like, okay. Like it took me a whole year to lose the baby weight and I am still not at my pre-baby weight. And like, I refuse to diet. I'm not gonna do anything. I'm close. But like when I had my son, it took me less than nine months to get under my pre-baby weight. And so it's difficult. Like I get it, especially if you aren't where you want to be. If you have weight to lose and people are throwing all these quick fixes at you, I understand how difficult and triggering that would be. It's hard when you see your friends starting all these new diets and hearing people talk about Ozempic or whatever it is, or eating in a four hour window or whatever the fuck it is that you think you want to try. But I have like legitimately a full body reaction and it's not a good one where I just like want to crawl out of my skin when I hear people talk about this shit because there is nothing more heinous 
to me. There's like no amount of money that you can give me to go back to a place. There's no pair of size two jeans I can that you can like tempt me with to go back to a place where I'm going to like become disconnected to my body and follow somebody else's plan. Like that sounds like torture. And I did it for the majority of my life. So like I know what torture feels like. But once you like actually feel the freedom that like food freedom can bring you or just like honestly freedom from like not being a prisoner to food or any other substance, like you can't go back. You won't want to. The body would be like, hell fucking no. And I literally just had a conversation about this with one of my clients. She's doing so well. She came to me. She was like, oh my God, the only thing that brings me pleasure is like literally eating. And like when I pick up my daughter from school, I don't even want to hang out with her. I just want to eat until I go to sleep. I just want to snack. And it's like this like anxious energy. And now there's none of that. Like she's very detached from food. She like eats when she's hungry, stops when she's full. Like she like leaves food in her fridge where she used to hoard it. Anyway, so she was talking about how one of her friends was saying that she was going on Ozempic. And she was like, I couldn't believe like how aversive I felt to that. And I'm like, yeah, because you fucking drink the juice now. Like once you heal your relationship to food, it's not about the food. The food is just a metaphor. Healing your relationship to food is healing your relationship to yourself because food is the thing that keeps you alive. And so it is the most important relationship you're ever going to have. It's like your relationship with life. Okay. And so when you heal your relationship to food, you heal your relationship to yourself. And there is just nothing that anybody could give me or say or do that like could tempt me with that would take me away from myself again. And I just want all of you guys to experience that so sincerely. It hurts me when I see my community having to struggle with something that just is unnecessary. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> this became a lot more somber than I was originally planning. But those are my four things that I did that completely changed my relationship to food. And if you're listening to this, we have a webinar I'm doing a free webinar. It's on May 11th at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you want to sign up, there are links in the show notes. There's links on my socials. They're all over on my website, etc. And it's a completely free webinar. We're going to be talking about my three-step system, my reset, rewire, and rebalance system that will heal your relationship to food, help you increase confidence, and lose weight without dieting. It is going to be amazing. I'm so excited to see you there. Last time we had like 300 people on the call and the whole thing shut down because like Zoom could not handle it. And so this time we've set up all the tech stuff. We're hoping there aren't going to be any issues. I'm so excited for you guys all to be there. And there will be, spoiler alert, big bonuses. Like I'm talking $1,000 off of my programs. There's just going to be a lot of bonuses. We're going to be talking about my live event that's happening in November, which I'm so excited for. So with that, I will say thank you so much for being my community. Thank you so much for all of the love and for the feedback and for everything that you guys do to support me, the Mindful Clinic. And if you're a client of mine, like, you know, I love you, so I don't even have to do that. But I'm really, really looking at how this community has grown in the past like couple of years. And I'm just honestly in awe and I love you all so much. So if you liked this podcast, don't forget to like and subscribe and share it with somebody who may need it. And I will see you back on another episode of the Head to Heal podcast. Bye.